Hello, and welcome to the IndyCar Conference Call. My name is Michelle, and I will be your operator for today's conference. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question-and-answer session, and during the question-and-answer session, if you do have a question, please press star, then 1 on your touchstone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Ms. Arnie Schrieben. Ma'am, you may begin. Thank you, Michelle, and welcome, everyone, to today's IndyCar Media Teleconference. Our guests today are part of one of the Verizon IndyCar Series' newest teams, Harding Racing, which confirmed today it will compete full-time in the 2018 Verizon IndyCar Series season. We're happy to be joined by the team president, Brian Barnhart, and the driver of the number 88 Harding Racing Chevrolet, Gabby Chavez. Gentlemen, welcome to the call. Thanks for having us, Arnie. Right. Happy to be here. All right. Thank you. Gabby, well, we'll start with you. Uh, congratulations on today's announcement. Uh, how excited are you to be able to get in the car and drive full-time in 2018? Thanks, Arnie. Um, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. You know, we've been preparing nonstop uh, as if we were going to compete full-time, you know, all off-season. Uh, but now that it's official, it's, it, it certainly feels fantastic. And, you know, we're, uh, you know, now we're ready to get on track and see where all the work that we've done uh, puts us in and in, in work and going from there. All right. Uh, I know you've been with Harding Racing since uh, day one, uh, announced uh, as their driver, competed in the Indy 500. Uh, what drew you to that, to Harding Racing and uh, its approach to IndyCar Racing? And, and just talk about some of the guys you're going to be working with, with Brian, Larry Curry, and Alan Sir Jr. in your corner. Um, it, it all really started, you know, with uh, a casual lunch conversation with, with Larry Curry. Um, he, he spoke to me uh, a little bit about the team uh, ambitions and their goals and what they aspired. After that, we, we sat down with Mike Harding and some of the guys from Harding Group. And really their, their, go their goals of being a long-term IndyCar operation and hopefully growing into a very successful one obviously aligned very much with mine being a, a, a young driver and trying to find some stability where I can, you know, I can grow and really um, <clears throat> mature my, my skill set so I can become a successful driver as well. So I think both our goals align perfectly with each other. And we were able to, uh, you know, to get working and get started on that with a few races last year. All right, Brian. I know a lot of you, a lot of people on the call today, know you as uh, the longtime race director of the Verizon IndyCar Series, and as an IndyCar official, they may not know that before you did that, you worked with a team. So, what has the tradition or the transition for you back to working at a team been like for you since you've left IndyCar? Well, it's been an exciting opportunity uh, created by Harding Racing, and I'm I'm excited to join this Harding group uh, and to work with Gabby. You know, you look at Gabby's performance, a um, couple of years' worth of Indy Lights running with Schmidt-Peterson and Brian Bellardi, and he finished first and second in his two full seasons of running Indy Lights, and that speaks volumes to his capabilities. Uh, comes on board and runs his first full season with Brian Herta Autosport, and uh, led a lot of laps at Pocono, was in a position to to potentially win there when the motor let go late in the event, but he ends up being Rookie of the Year uh, and has continued with the transition from lights to IndyCar in a really solid performance with the Harding Group last year when he ran in the top 10 at Indy and had a fifth place at Texas. 
uh, out of two of the three races that, that mm-hmm. Harding participated in last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to be back with Gabby. Um, they're back on the team side and really excited to be working with Gabby and the promise that he shows uh, and the future of this race team. I think Larry's done a fantastic job putting together a solid foundation of guys. We've added several guys coming on board over the winter with our uh, move to a full-time team. We've increased the staff. We're very excited to be moving into the uh, former Ed Carpenter race shop on Main Street and Speedway. We've got a 45,000-square-foot facility here uh, that we took um, took control of last week, and the guys are moving the equipment in and preparing cars, and uh, it's full steam ahead as we move forward with uh, with the season rapidly approaching. Brian, you mentioned uh, Gabby's ninth place finish at the Indy 500, uh, his fifth place finish at Texas. What are the realistic expectations for the team for 2018? Well, it's clearly our goal and our intent to be as competitive as we can, but I certainly don't want to come in and um, have false expectations because the first thing I would say is I wouldn't want to have that arrogance from our team standpoint. I also wouldn't want to be disrespectful of the level of competition that's in the Verizon IndyCar series. I think it is Gabby can speak to it probably better than anybody. It is, in my opinion, the most competitive form of motorsports in the world. There are some of the best drivers and the most um, talented team driver combinations, and the depth of field is incredible in IndyCar racing. The last several years, multiple, multiple cars have won races, and I don't want to be disrespectful to the level of talent and competitions in there or arrogant enough to think, oh, we're mm-hmm. going to come and we're going to win a bunch of races and compete for the championship. Ultimately, that's our goal, but we also have to manage those expectations and be respectful of the level of competition we're, we're fighting against. We're going to do everything we can to uh, give Gabby the best opportunity to be competitive as he can. All right. Thanks, Brian. Michelle, let's open up for questions for Brian Barnhart or Gabby Chavez. Thank you, ma'am. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you do have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue at any time, you may press the pound sign or the hash key. If you're using your speakerphone, you may need to pick up on your handset first before pressing the numbers. But once again, if you do have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. The first question in the queue comes from Ben Johnston. Your line is open. Hi, Brian. Um, Firstly, congratulations on the announcement that you guys are full-time for this season. Does the fact that you guys raced last year, does that give you an advantage over the other new teams coming into the series this season, do you think? Well, I think it helps a little bit. You know, the the competition level of, of IndyCar, as we mentioned, as tight as it is, it's nice to have a few races under your belt and the group working together. Um, but it'll be kind of interesting this year. There's a little bit of a competition reset with the new Universal Aero Kit coming on board, Uh, so everybody's got the same learning curve with that equipment being put onto the race cars moving into 2018. Uh, If there's anything that's put us a little behind is that we haven't had a chance to run the new cars yet. We're doing a private test the first week of February at Sonoma to get a, a permanent road course test under our belt, kind of get Gabby back in the race car on a road course. And then we're heading to the uh, Verizon IndyCar Series open test at Phoenix on February 9th and 10th for a couple of days on the short oval. So uh, with that new aero kit coming on board, it kind of resets the competition level for everybody. And 
and we all kind of find ourselves in the same boat moving into 2018 from that aspect. Okay. Thanks, man. You bet. Okay. The next question in the queue comes from David Malsher. Your line is open. Hi, guys. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I wanted to... Thanks, David. Uh, Two-part two question. Uh, one, uh, one for Brian. How much consideration was given to this being a, a two-car entry, given uh, the fact that most teams will say uh, it's uh, better value to uh, run two cars than one. And uh, secondly, to Gabby, uh, how hard do you feel it will be uh, to, you know, in a year where there's been a complete do-over to basically have the burden of uh, doing all the testing and development uh, for just one driver and there's only 45-minute practice sessions? Well, I'll take the first part of that, I guess, uh, David. Like you say, ultimately our goal uh, will be to expand to a two-car uh, effort for the entire season. Obviously, finances and sponsorship are driving that at this point in time uh, for the very reasons you've said. And we're not going to, to add a car or simply do a car um, for the sake of doing one unless it adds value. With the short sessions, with the limited testing, Clearly, multi-car teams have got advantages, but uh, we're not going to throw one out there unless it can be uh, advantageous to Gabby as our primary effort. And the first car, it's got to be somebody that can help uh, with the data, the input, and the feedback um, and make it a, a value add to the car to the team to do so. Um, we think we've got some options down the road that we can perhaps expand into, but they don't haven't developed it at this point in time. Uh, we still have an eye towards potentially a second car at Indianapolis, um, maybe a couple other races. And if the right situation would present itself, we most definitely would love to expand a two-car effort full-time. Thank you. I will uh, take on my part here. Um, I would say that, though certainly it's probably not uh, ideal, um, it's been done in the past with great success, you know, got, you know, a few years back with uh, uh, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsport and Simon Paginot and, you know, the last few years with, with Graham Ray Hall. And, you know, they showed that a one-car effort can be just as competitive as, uh, as a multiple-car team. Obviously, I guess the question at hand is with sort of a reset in all the development that the teams have done over, over the year, um, you know, obviously track time is going to be very valuable and how much information you can gather over the sessions will be very valuable as well. So I think we're just going to have to be extra diligent in our work and, you know, make sure that everything we do uh, has a purpose to it and we're not just out there running laps just to run laps. I think that's going to be where where we can maybe make up some of the, the lack of information that we won't get from a second car. Okay, thank you, Gabby, and well done. Thank you. Once again, if you do have a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. The next question in the queue comes from Tanner Watkins. Your line is open, sir. Yeah, first and foremost, congratulations to both of you guys and everybody with um, Harding Racing. Um, I have Thank a you. questions for Gabby. First of all, um, Gabby, you know, your last full-time season was in 2015 with uh, Brian Herta. Um, I just want to know, you know, what has changed for you as a driver and maybe even personally since your last full-time opportunity in 2015? Um, 
That's a great question. I think, you know, when I came into my, my rookie year, um, obviously as a, as a rookie and without any teammates to kind of bounce uh, off any ideas or to learn from, I think that was that was a very, you know, pretty big undertaking um, <clears throat> for, for a young guy then, right? But over the, the last two seasons, um, I've been able to do some races here and there, uh, share data with other guys, kind of understand the car, understand the uh, the technical side of it, the engineering side of it, and the mechanical side of it a lot more in depth than I did my first year. And I think I really was able to maybe put 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 those skills a little bit better uh, to the test in, in the few races that we did last year with Harding. And um, I think the results kind of showed the, the right progression. Um and that's that's kind of what I what I'm really aiming for this year is to to keep that going, um, you know, to drive to the the fullest of my potential, and and obviously to keep learning um, in any way, shape, or form that I can uh, to keep uh, my career going ahead. Yeah, and you speak about that uh, that learning experience, and a lot has been made about having Al Lancer Jr. in a driving consultant capacity for Harding Racing. What exactly has he added to the team that that's helped you uh, bring your development along? As you know, you guys are still a one-car entry, similar to the situation you just spoke of in 2015. How's he kind of helped bring that process along? Well, it's you know, you in in answer you have you, you've got you know a multiple-time Indy 500 winner, multiple race winner, this guy with that is driven for many of the top teams. He's got the experience. He knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to win, most importantly, the Indianapolis 500. And I think having him, you know, with me at every race, and although maybe at the time that he was driving, the cars drove differently, and maybe the driving doesn't um, 100% correlate to the driving, to how we drive the cars now, it's still the same thing. You know, you, you still... You're still trying to win races with, uh, you know, with speed and with racecraft and with strategy, and just having the the experience that he brings, and being able to bounce off ideas and and take his mind a little bit on, you know, how he runs his races, how he runs through each scenario uh, uh, through the race in his mind. That you know just gives me a lot more to to go off and to uh, hopefully learn at an even quicker pace and, and apply his experience for me on track. Excellent. Well, thanks a bunch, guys. That's all I have, and uh, congratulations again. Thank thanks. You. Okay, the next question in the queue comes from Ben Johnston. Your line is open, sir. Hi, Gabby. Congratulations on the, the deal for this season. I was just wondering, what race are you most looking forward to this year? Uh Great question. I mean, obviously, I always, I always uh, look look forward to the Indianapolis 500. That's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of a race in its own, <laughs> almost outside of the championship. It's so big, but um, I'm really excited to get back to, you know, to road course and street course racing. Of course, I uh, if I had to pick one out, I'd say uh, Long Beach is is one of the top favorites that come to mind. Right. Great stuff. Hope you have a great season, dude. Thank you. There are no further questions in the queue at this time. 
All right. And seeing as there are no further questions for our guests, we will thank them for the time and wrap up today's call. Uh, this will uh, conclude today's IndyCar Media teleconference. The teleconference will be available on a digital tape replay approximately one hour after the conclusion of today's call. To access the system, participants need to dial 888-843-7419 and enter the passcode 444-16562, followed by the pound sign. A transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thanks, Arnie. Thank you, Arnie. Thanks, Gabby. Keep doing well down there. We'll see you in a few uh, few, few days or a few weeks, Brian. Thank you. You got it, bud. Ladies, Thank you. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.